You're listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast for drivers who want to be calm and confident on the road. We will be sharing tips, stories and advice to beat driving nerves and anxiety and build your driving confidence. Whether you are just starting out as a learner or have had your driving license for years, if you want to transform how you feel about driving, this podcast is for you. In today's episode, Kev and I are chatting to Francis and Laura from Drive School TV. Originally, we'd invited them on to be podcast guests to chat about their YouTube channel, their TikTok, their Instagram, because that's a whole new world for us. And they really do a lot of work helping learner drivers and nervous drivers with their driving worries. However, they turned it round on us, invited us to go and see them and they wanted to ask us lots of questions to find out how we could help their audience with driving test nerves. So they did some filming, they did some recording and here's a copy of our conversation. We had great fun talking to them. So we hope you enjoy listening. So Kevin and Tracy, thanks for coming and seeing us today. Travelled all the way to London. Yeah. On the train. Yeah, no, well, thank you so much for inviting us and for actually for pushing us to do something. This started off with us asking you to be a podcast guest. And yes. you're like, no, let's do this a bit <laughs> different and pushing us to twist it round into something a little bit different, which is great because mm. we would never have thought of it. Amazing. Well, we're filming this as well, so hopefully it can be more helpful and we can be more engaging because what we get is a lot of questions every day about driving test nerves. It seems to be that it's growing in popularity as a question for us. So this is why you guys are here to help us and help our audience, as well as maybe we can help your audience as well. Yep. Um, with the big problem of how do I actually feel calm on a driving test? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the $100 billion question, is it? How do you feel calm? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, it's different for everybody because everyone is unique. They all come with their own experiences, their own reasons for being nervous. It's not a one size fits all, is it? So I'm sure with the questions you get that they're all talking about slightly different things and there's different reasons why they're nervous. And there's never really any generic answer you can give because everybody is individual. Yeah, and we were talking about mindfulness just a little bit before that works for some people but it doesn't work for everybody so you need to be able to work out what the reasons are for somebody's nerves but also what suits their personality mm-hmm. so that your suggestion fits them so sometimes when you're helping somebody deal with something like nerves and anxiety leading up to like a driving test it's not often it's not just like a one conversation you can have with somebody it's like a journey that you then go on with that particular person as you say to find out what where their strengths are their weaknesses what they can do what they can't do in terms of mindfulness and what works for them and what doesn't work for them and so you kind of end up going on the journey with them yes because it's not a magic wand yeah there is no instant it's not an instant one size fits all as you say yeah i'll tell you the biggest question that we get the most in our inbox in our DMs is, what's your biggest, most helpful top tips for nerves and anxiety on my driving test? I'm gonna say the first thing I would always say is, are you ready? Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you know, that is, I believe, as a driving instructor, driver trainer, you know, I train lots of different people, lots of different vehicles, is are you actually ready to drive on your own? And when I say independent driving, people's perception of independent driving is either following a sat-nav or following signs. 
I don't mean that. What I actually mean is, can you drive a car on your own without anyone telling you anything? Or can you actually drive on your own without anybody making any gestures, saying anything from A to B and make those decisions? Can you do that on your own? And that's the question to start with first off. Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's expand on that then. Yeah. A lot of people you must see in the car, you feel like they can drive on their own. You give them 20 minutes of chat about food and they've been driving perfectly fine. Yeah. But you ask them that question and they say no. Yep. That self-belief isn't there, but you, you know as their trainer that they can do it. And that's where it's their belief of, can I do this? You are putting that question to them. You're not saying they can't, you're not saying they can. And it's like, well, what have you just done? What would happen in these situations if a police car came up behind you? What would you do? And you're trying to get them to think of the best way for them and consequences. Can they deal with those consequences? Can they deal with pulling away from a set of traffic lights when they're the first one and there's 200 cars behind them and the vehicle behind them, I'm not... I'm going to generalise now, but there's a white van. It's got to be the white van. It's yeah. got to be the white van. It's got to be a white van. And most of them are... Or the Amazon vans. They're not All white the no more. Van, yeah, yeah. That close. Yeah. That close. Can you deal with that situation? And if they can deal with that situation in their mind and thought processes, that's how you know they're ready. Yeah. And that's how they know they're ready. But the research shows that there is a time lag, there is a time delay between somebody having the ability and believing they have the ability. There's some research in phobias where they've helped people desensitise people against different things that they're scared of, different phobias. And it shows that their ability is more than their belief. It just takes a little while for people to catch up. Well, that's where your reflection your journaling that we were talking about earlier, that's where working on your belief as well as your driving skills. It's kind of turning people into pes from pessimists into optimists yeah. and making them realise that they, you know, believe that they can. Yeah, and it's that to-da list mm -hmm. that, that, that we were talking about as well. So, you know, when you have a lesson, rather than always focusing on what you need to improve, what didn't go so well, really also paying time and attention on what did go well and replaying that in your mind's eye. Because if you re replay it again, if you remember it, then you, that helps your brain catch up with your ability. So as a driving instructor and a driver trainer, you're saying that what I could do better for my students to help them get to that point quicker is reflection and more regular reflection yeah more regular reflection. from day one yes, yes. <laughs> yeah you're not building this close to test <laughs> you need to be building this right at the beginning and it's it's so important because can you first lesson is normally moving off and stop they will do that at some point on their first lesson but can they do that on their own without you saying anything and another little way of doing it is put them in the driving instructor's chair, the passenger seat, and can they talk you through doing it as well? Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you do that on lessons? We, I do so much stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what it does is consolidate learning. Right, yeah. Have you ever had anyone had to use the jaws on you yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's one of those things, it's like consolidated learning. And if it starts on day one, it's just a progress. And they get to know whether or not they can drive on their own. And you know you understand something when you can teach it. That if they practice being able to talk somebody else through it, teach somebody else what they've learned, if they can do it and articulate it, then they know they understand it. And that helps build their belief as well. Mm. I think that's where like things like commentary driving and that comes in handy as well, because obviously when they're speaking out loud and, and talking themselves through, you know, methods and things like that, then you know, we get a good understanding that they know what they're doing and it helps them actually, oh yeah, wow, I saw that, whereas I might not have seen that two weeks ago or yeah. three weeks ago. So they can then see their progress with how much more they're commentating during lessons and things like that as well. Yeah. We're huge fans, aren't we, of talking, talking yourself through. Because if, if you talk yourself through as well, let's go back to that traffic lights with the white van behind you. <laughs> Bring PTSD. <laughs> if you're talking through that situation, what you're doing is you're not thinking about rolling back. You're not thinking about stalling. You're not thinking about what the white van wants you to do. You're actually telling yourself what to do. Mm. Yeah. I made a video on commentary driving and explained how beneficial it is to do it on your test yep. so that the examiner yep. can see it. One of the main comments that I got from that was, I'd feel silly. Yep. How can you get over that? What would you rather do? And, and that's the question I ask my students is, do you want to talk yourself through on your test? And pass. Or completely change your driving for 40 minutes and not know the outcome? Because what you are doing is you're becoming someone different. Mm. Yeah. Which a lot of people, oh no, I'm still driving. Yeah, but your driving style has changed and you're not talking through what you want to do. I mean, that's what I say to a lot of my students, you know, when you're sitting in the test centre and they're waiting to go out on tests, just say last minute pep talk, drive like you normally do. Yeah. Don't put on a special show now. Like yep. everything that you, you know, you've got all the knowledge and all the skills necessary to go and execute this to the best of your ability. There's no special show needed. Just yep. do what you normally do. And don't change anything. So if you've always, and we, we were speaking to somebody a few weeks ago, weren't we? And he's like, he's, she's brilliant. She does everything. She drives on her own. She makes all her own decisions. And I said, what is the difference between her lessons and that test? And he said, she talks herself all the way through on her lessons. She won't do it on her test. And I said, that's why she's mm -hmm. failing. She needs to do exactly the same thing because she's leaving room for these pesky doubts. little thoughts and yeah. doubts to come in mm -hmm. but also again you know I'm always going on about the research the research shows that when you speak to yourself it regulates your emotion so it not only stops the doubts sneaking in but it also keeps you calmer okay let's talk more about that because this is really interesting um, when you're on a driving test your driving does change when you have a pupil in the car you see their driving and you know that they're ready for their driving test. And then you sit in the back of the test with them. I did this two weeks, three weeks ago, and it was a completely different person. The nerves got to her. The voice was high, shrill, squeaky, and she was in pieces. So no matter what training I could have done with her up until that point, nothing was getting her through that test except the examiner getting out of the car and me being her examiner. What can we do? 
that's I think that's in my personal opinion. Yeah. That. And obviously someone obviously it's going back to that mindfulness. It's like if somebody has all that practical understanding and knowledge and ability in a situation like that, it is all working on the mindset. So that's some some stuff that they have to do outside of the car as well as inside of the car in order to prepare better for that test. And it depends if she knew she could drive, if she had the belief in herself and the test is the cause of the nerves rather than anything else, then there are some things that you can do on the day to change your emotional state. What that won't do is that won't improve your knowledge and your driving. It's hitting different aspects of what causes nerves. So, yeah, changing your emotional state on the day. Yeah, and it's, it's breathing. It's very, very... Because potentially... I don't know your student, but I know my students, their breathing changes. And you can see it from the back of the car. You yeah. can sense it. You can feel it. And it's like, what changed in you afterwards? And they go, well, I just, I just felt tense. And it's okay. So did you breathe? Um, sort of. He must have breathed a little bit, but there wasn't <laughs> For that. 40 minutes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they felt themselves change. Mm -hmm. one, one of the things is, when we're talking about test, is the word test, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Definitely. You know, Assessment would be better. Assessment's yep. better, or it's just driving, like you mentioned. It's just another drive. And thinking of it as the examiner is just checking whether you as the instructor is correct in saying that, yes, this person... It's like a double check. As, as an instructor, you've said, I've taught this person to drive. This person is ready to go and drive independently on their own. So if you think of it more that it's the examiner just checking that they agree with you, it's a double check on what you're saying, as opposed to really judging and scrutinising. You know, everybody starts having passed their test. So if you think mm -hmm. that the examiner is actually checking the instructor's judgment rather than the driver's mm. skills. And it's also practising those assessments beforehand and you can't really do it with you not sitting in the front of the car but it's it's getting their friends is i find a fantastic opportunity because friends judge <laughs> friends are competitive especially the boys i've noticed i want to be better than him i want to be the best driver so when you get friends sitting in the back and we say right what we're going to do is drive for 20 minutes and then afterwards, we you know, we'll get some feedback from the people sitting in the back or the person sitting in the back. Their driving changes because they're not focused on the driving. What they're doing is they're focusing on what the person behind is going to say at the end. Okay. So it's very similar to an examiner. What's the examiner going to say at the end? I think we just need my 10 year old daughter for that one. She said a couple, of, a couple of months ago, a couple of months ago, my son and I went to pick her up from school and she was obviously in the back and then we got home and she was just like, I don't want Jamie to pass this test because I don't want him to ever pick me up from school <laughs> by himself kind of thing. So, okay, well, we just need to bung a 10 year old in the yeah. back of it. They <laughs> <laughs> so really, give you that one. Is it no filters? <laughs> Let's go back to something you said, which was really interesting. And I say this to some of my pupils too. You always start the test having passed. Yes. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk more about that. Yeah. And it's keeping that in your mind. It comes back to that thing again. Is that your instructor has trained you. You know you can drive. You know you have all the knowledge. And your instructor said they're ready. So if you believe you're ready, your instructor believes you're ready, then you're starting with a pass. So it's trying to keep that belief in your ability rather than letting those what if 
negative thoughts sneak in. The examiner wants you to pass. That's what I do. The examiner, you know, there's a long waiting list. The examiners don't want to be failing people. They want to be passing people and getting people through. So everyone is on your side. You've got to make sure that you're on your side, that you're your own cheerleader and practicing some of those mindset things. So remembering what you've done well, remembering all the things that have gone well in the past. And if you catch yourself thinking negatively and thinking, oh, what if this, what if that? Is that a thought or is that a fact? Is that a helpful way to be thinking right before your test? And you can choose. You can choose to go, actually, do you know what? That's not very helpful. Let's go and hum or sing or do some stretching or do some breathing exercises, do a really quick mindfulness exercise, bringing me back to the present moment instead of being in my head with unhelpful thoughts. That's a much more positive way of putting it than I do. When I'm with my students, <laughs> I say, the examiner's got a sheet with your name on the top and all of the fault boxes are empty. That's already got your name on it. You've already got a driving license. When you start making mistakes, that's when the faults start coming. So go in, you've passed. All you've got yeah. to do is drive for 40 minutes and not fill up those boxes. Yeah, but do you drive without making mistakes? I don't drive without making mistakes. I drive without making mistakes. <laughs> Everyone's seen my that's driving. evidently when no one's watching. <laughs> Evidently when no one's watching. <laughs> so actually the, the reality is we all make mistakes. Even really experienced drivers mm. make mistakes. I'm sure that examiners make mistakes. We've got to be careful not to be too fearful of making mistakes and filling yeah. the boxes. And sometimes when they're working, you know, popping things on their iPad, that doesn't always mean that they've spotted a mistake, That's does what it? I say a lot of the time, because a lot of the time when the driver's sat there and they see that movement from the passenger seat, that hand oh. movement or that, yeah. you know, I say to them, like, don't assume it's for something, A, that you've either just done or something that you've done anyway, yeah. you know? The way that we all sit there and fiddle from fiddle. time to time. Yeah, They could absolutely. be doing the same thing, you know? And so don't, don't run with that assumption. Yeah, and don't be busy trying to count how many times they've touched their iPad, how many mistakes am I allowed? Does that mean, I, you yeah. know, it's those sorts of assumptions that can throw you. Because you're not thinking of the driving. Yeah, and yeah. I always say you, as well... You've distracted yourself. A lot of the time, it's human nature for us to feel that we've done something bad when in actual fact, it might not be as bad as what we think. Yeah. So as well, if you do feel that you've committed a fault, whether that be something just as, you know, a minor or a major fault, like try not to dwell on it, pick yourself up and carry on. Yeah. Because what you think is really bad in the eyes of someone else actually isn't. It's just what we do as, as humans. We always think the worst of a situation. Yeah. We've got a negative bias. Yes. Which is my big word, which means we always think negatively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a real yeah. shame that the driving <laughs> test is just negative. There's nowhere to put down where you do anything where good. You, yeah. It's just... And that's how, well, that's how I said I, I say to them, look, the examiner's coming out with the intention on giving you your licence. That's why they mark negatively. So unless you do this, 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 this or this, you know, that's your licence. And you're not going to get out of the car unless you get your licence. Yeah. So, you know, just demonstrate what you've learned and I'm bringing you there they know that I'm telling you them that I think you're ready yeah and so you've got to believe in that yourself as well you it's know? like you get to the end of a driving test and the examiner says oh I'm pleased to tell you that you've passed but here's five different reasons you're rubbish <laughs> yes, at driving yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watch this in the future but they do sometimes I know you've told me that sometimes 
they will say i'm really sorry this time i can't but you are ready that's the that's most the infuriating yeah, yeah. So frustrating. That's the. If you think I'm ready to drive, yes. just give me yes. a license. Just give me, there. Yeah. yeah, you can drive, but, but you pulled out in front of that car, and I can't pass you for it. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I wish they said sorry. You failed. You weren't successful on this time. This is the things you need to work I, on. I, I think, think that's what they it, think they're helping. They're trying to build up your confidence, but it makes you more worried about those mistakes, doesn't it? Okay, let's be controversial now. Oh, <laughs> talking about driving tests and how the examiners mm -hmm. can and can't, or sometimes do or sometimes don't, make you feel good or don't make you feel less nervous or anxious. Ready to pass campaign from the DVSA. I was talking to a student about this the other day. She's got her test coming up. Shout out to you. And we were talking about the amount of emails that she's got and it's making her more anxious. Mm. Are you ready to pass? Have you done enough mock tests? Or have you checked mm. off these five things? Have you done this? Have you done that? And she's like, I, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> and even if you did feel super prepared, that's enough to make you question it anyhow. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't, me personally, see, I think it's great. I think it's great that they're taking an active involvement in saying to people, are you ready to pass your test? And the information on the website is actually really good. Is really good, and it's since they've changed it because it wasn't so great it originally. It wasn't so good, and I still think it could be better. I don't think they're really good at asking questions. The question is, are you ready? I don't know now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's it's very. I think they could have phrased it differently to have a more subtle approach to get people to think more rather than, are you ready, yes or no, closed question, mm. that's it. But yeah. have you done everything possible to be ready for this test? Mm. I think is a so much better question because people have to think of all the different things that they've done. It's a bit like if you take it back to like theory tests, like you can get asked the same question just worded differently. Yeah. And sometimes mm. people will look at them two same questions worded differently, know the answer for one, but not know the answer for the other. However, it's the same question. Likewise there, you know, are you ready? If you just word it differently, you'd get a total different calibre mm. of answers. And I think this is the problem, I can be even more controversial. Okay, I do, we love it. <laughs> and I think this is the problem with instructors. They have different ways of teaching, we're all different, but some of the questioning techniques that they have is, you know, not quite as good as it could be. And I think that's where, you know, it's a work in progress, but it's just think about questions that are asking and get people to think because that is what the DVSA do are very black and white. Yeah, less closed yeah. questions, more open questioning. And get yourselves to think, am I ready to pass this test independently so I can drive to McDonald's and then go off shopping and then take mum out in the evening to the theatre or wherever? You know, can I do that independently safely? That's a much better question to mm. ask then are you ready? And I think for your student, you know, with a test coming up saying, I'm getting bombarded with all this, it's making me feel stressed. Is that really for you or is that actually for the people who are going for tests who aren't ready? That's it. Well, the Ready to Pass campaign is from the DVSA. Um, they're sending out emails to students. They're putting campaigns on Instagram and social media to ask people, are they ready? And to make sure that well, to try and discourage people from taking driving tests when they're not completely not ready. ready, to try and deal with the backlog so that there's more tests available for people who are ready. Yeah. But in doing that, 
it's making people more anxious and question themselves, making people more nervous, making people more likely to fail. And here's the big problem, because we do have such a huge backlog. Because you have to wait six months for another driving test, yeah. people go into the driving test like it's the last chance saloon. Yeah. When before COVID, we could go into the driving test and just say to the people, if you fail, it doesn't matter. You can just do it again in two months. It's or two weeks even. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not like A levels where you won't go uni if you fail this. Just do it again. Yeah. But now it's so important and it drives the nerves up so much. It's a actual real big problem. I think as well when there's obviously a number of people like a lot of so time now people want the driving license or need a driving license for maybe a career choice. Yep. Mm. And things like that. So it's such a massive pivotal point in somebody's life so for somebody to be able to go and execute it to the best of their ability and feel great whilst doing so is just super important yeah it's really really important and it's trying to keep a handle on those extra pressures so you know we talked right back at the beginning didn't we about those different reasons for people being nervous well what is the reason that i am so nervous or so anxious and sometimes it's nothing to do with your driving. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is to do with those extra pressures of, I want to apply for that job, or I want mum and dad not to have to drive me to my job anymore, or being worried about what your friends are going to say, or what your family are going to say if you pass or if you fail. So if those are the things that are making you anxious, you need to keep a handle on that because that's nothing to do with your driving. So you need to come back to your driving, focusing on your driving, not the afterwards, not the future stuff that hasn't happened yet. Okay, I'm in the driving test centre. I'm waiting mm -hmm. for my driving examiner. I can see I've got five minutes on the clock. I am bricking it. What can I do, mindfulness-wise, to calm myself down? You go into mindfulness, yep. I'll do okay. the other bits that I've done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so quickest mindfulness exercise ever is to catch yourself if you're having your worries and then think, right, no, I'm going to stop. I need to interrupt that somehow. What can I see? Mm. And so look around the room. Look If you're outside, look around outside. If there's a window, have a look. What can I see? Pick in something. What colour is it? What mm -hmm. shape is it? Light, dark? texture anything you can notice then changing your attention what can i hear can i hear things from my body yeah rumbly tummy because i'm feeling nervous or somebody else's rumbly tummy in the waiting room because they're feeling nervous can they hear things from outside the waiting room can they hear cars can they hear birds can they hear the wind and then swapping again physical sensations what can i feel and Lots of people struggle with this, coming into their body and noticing what they can feel. Or they, there's things they don't want to feel. They don't want to feel um, nerve-sighted, as I call it. So those butterflies in the tummy where you're feeling nervous and excited. So if you don't want to feel those feelings, wiggle your fingers, yeah. wiggle your toes. Well, yeah, what can you <laughs> yeah. feel? So you can feel the mm -hmm. air on your fingers as you move them. You can yep. feel the temperature, you can feel the muscles move in. So suddenly you've got something physical to pay attention mm -hmm. to. Okay. Then there's a couple of dodgy extra senses. I call them dodgy because you might not want to focus on these. What can you smell? Okay. <laughs> if you're sat around the corner from the toilet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this one is definitely a choice. And what can you taste? So, you know, did you have a drink or a coffee or breakfast or, you know, the dreaded banana? Hopefully you haven't shoved too many bananas down before you test. <laughs> what can you taste? 
once you've rolled around those senses, and you can do it really quickly, I, know, I mean, that was quite long there, but you can do it really quickly, or you could spend the whole five minutes doing it. Doesn't matter, but just blocking out those thoughts. But you can also transfer that into the car when you're actually driving on yes. the test as well. Yeah. And that's what I encouraged in one of uh, Shannon, shout out Shannon. <laughs> uh, she was said that she had, was recently having a struggle with a student where every junction she just like, she didn't want to stop. She just wanted to keep going. She wasn't looking or anything like that, and she just wanted to rush, rush, rush. And I even said, put that in place of you know, as yeah. you're arriving at the junction, rather than her thinking. Like, obviously, yeah, she wants to look, can I go? But actually, to try and slow her down a little bit as she arrives, as well as looking at what's going on, think about those things as well, because then yeah. that will just generally slow somebody's body bring down them back in. and bring them back into that present moment. I'm just going to jump in here to let you know about our Drive Calm journal. We've created a 12-week prompt journal to support our listeners to take action and improve driving confidence. The journal includes questions, prompts and exercises to create an action plan and an opportunity for reflection afterwards. Search Drive Calm on Amazon to take a look. We hope it helps. Yep, definitely. You said the banana thing there. Yeah. This is so, Laura's yeah. favourite. <laughs> you said the dreaded banana. <laughs> well, so many people hate bananas. And, they're, you know, if you don't like bananas, don't do the banana thing. If you <laughs> like bananas, really, great, really force but, it. Yeah, don't. For, because, you know, if you're a bit nervous and then you're eating something that you don't like the taste of, it's just going to make you more... Do you believe it though? Does it work? Do you, does Is it, it real? work? Do you believe it? Okay. It's the research. There's, it, yeah. <laughs> there are all sorts of things that you get from a banana that will help you with your blood sugar, that will help you with your mood, but the reality is You're it's only No, 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 I'm not. It is true. It does work. But you do only get a small amount of those things from okay. one banana. Mm -hmm. So it's absolutely true. It does work. But, but, you, but you know, if it's... <laughs> but the, yeah, Make sure one, organic. One, yeah, one, or two, one or two bananas, you're getting small amounts of those. But don't forget, you've also got that you're taking action. You're doing something positive, purposeful to manage your nerves. So eating the banana, just that in itself, taking that action will make you feel like you're more in control. Okay, well, people always want to know what they can take to make them feel less nervous. Mm -hmm. Calms, rescue remedy, bananas, chocolate. We've heard all of those. Mm. What's the best ones? I'll tell you what I do recommend, chewing, chewing something. Gum. Chewing okay. gum. And that's because it tricks your brain. So when you are sucking a sweet, chewing gum, then you're producing more saliva in your mouth. When you produce more saliva in your mouth, then a message goes to your brain going, oh, hang on a minute. I thought I was really nervous here. Well, when you're nervous, you get a dry mouth. You know, yes. that's one of the things. Well, it can't be that bad if they've got all this saliva going on in their mouth. Okay, false alarm, false alarm. Let's bring this back down again, calm it down. So it helps to trick the brain but but the truth is is that everything works even if it's just in your mind so some work well on a physical level as well but you know the placebo effect is 
real. Mm -hmm. It is how we used to treat people medically years ago. <laughs> we're not allowed to treat people medically anymore in, with a placebo effect. Okay, so so it gonna, is real. We're going to cut this bit out of the podcast and just keep going with bananas. <laughs> <laughs> bananas work. Bananas are cool. Yeah. cool bananas, bananas. bananas do work. Yeah, it, it all works. It's something I was encouraged to do when I was younger. So I was brought up playing the violin. I used to hate performing in front of people, getting up on a stage, you know, soloist or within the orchestra, I'd just, I would just melt. And it was my violin teacher when I started secondary school, when I was about 11, 12, she was just like, right, have a banana. I was like, I have a banana, what's this all about? And it, for me, I found it yeah. worked. And so it's something that I've just run with and anybody that, who I do say, try a banana, they, they come back like, oh my gosh, wow, yeah, it's worked, so. yeah. So I'm yeah. sticking with them. I'm sticking with bananas. I mean, somebody Absolutely. asked the other day, well, why bananas are not chocolate? And I said, obviously, if you're looking at chocolate, you need to look at the, the, the cocoa solids that are in yes. within it. You know, yeah, you need to, to make sure it's high so that you're still getting all your bits and pieces, all your serotonin and everything. Plus, obviously, you just need to encourage one of the five a day, really, rather than a bar of chocolate. So, one square is just not yeah. enough, is it? Whereas one banana might be. It just comes back to that one size doesn't fit all. Mm -hmm. So don't force a banana if you don't like them. It's going to make you feel normal which your body as soon as you feel nauseous your brain is going to go oh feel a bit sick I must be feeling sick with nerves and then your brain makes that prediction and you're going to feel more nervous have you got any more tricks and tips like chewing the gum yawning okay <laughs> everyone said what so at the test center get out and nervous you know that you're getting out of the car you can tell their nerves have come into their face stand at the side of the car before they go into the test center and really, really yawn. And what you do is, you know, you do it with the arms yeah. stretched mm. and they make the noises as well. Yeah. He yawns really loudly. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that does the trick, that, that really does it. It is, and do two or three of them, people will be walking by on their test and they'd be going, he's not bothered. What is going <laughs> yeah. on? He's chilled out. <laughs> but he, again, what it does is change your state. It helps with the breathing. So there's two, two forms of this one. Mm -hmm. One, you're opening your chest so you can actually breathe a little bit more. So you can actually do that. You also, when you make the noise, is brilliant because you're using the vagus nerve. Yeah, you're stimulating your vagus nerve. And that actually calms everything down inside you, all the major organs. So if you stimulate that, that helps. But also as well, what you're doing is you're stretching. You know, if you think about runners, how do they relax their muscles? Mm. They stretch. Yeah. And you know, this is the sort of thing that you're doing. You're just doing a little tiny bit of it is you're just getting them to relax. They're getting okay. them to breathe, mm. stretch and relax. But you're also doing it in a sort of like a fun way, which again, changes their state from being, I'm really, really nervous and I don't really want to do this. Getting them to physically take action on something changes the what they do. Yeah. That's and genius. They often end up smiling. It's called pandiculation. So all the animals do it. And what you're doing is when you're stretching, you're changing your fascia, you're changing your nervous system. So you're yeah, releasing that tension out of your body. Yeah, pandiculation, look it up. <laughs> Humming and singing is the other one. So you mentioned okay. the vagus nerve, yeah, 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 all yeah. sorts of things. So breathing, breathing helps stimulate your vagus nerve and it's your vagus nerve that's responsible for the fight, flight, freeze feelings. Mm -hmm. So if you stimulate your vagus nerve, you can 
it's a way of calming you down. So the breathing exercises, the mindfulness, the stretching, but humming and singing. Have the radio on. Yes, yeah, I encourage I love that, that. One. I mean, I did have a student years ago, we're going probably back about a good 10 years ago, and she hummed around her entire test. Mm. Um, the examiner actually told her to stop. Oh, The examiner rude. actually <laughs> told her, with about 10 minutes left to go, the examiner actually told her, to stop and then she did pass and whilst he was filling out her certificate he, like, um, he said can you need some paracetamol before my next one and it's just like rude. yeah rude. how is that encouraging yeah you know? i had exactly the same someone was a musician singer that sort of stuff mirror signal maneuver position speak yeah, look she made up a song so she would, every lesson, she would just sing herself through the routines that she was using and everything. She carried on in her test, she passed, and the examiner got out of the car, and he said, Kev, does she do this all the time? I went, yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> went, it would do me better. He says, you know what? It's actually been the easiest lesson I've ever had because she just tells herself to drive. Yeah. 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 I had one moment, she goes, check it in, check, 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 check. And yeah, brilliant. I mean, I would just say, if you're worried, you know, if anyone is, has these quirks, these little things that they do, don't stop doing them. If you're worried about the examiner, just apologise to them beforehand and say, I'm really sorry, this is how I manage my nerves and I'm going to do it all the way through my test. And you're never going to see them again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's your test. And that's what I say as well. You've paid for that. Yeah. Would you pay that amount for a night out and not get the best out of it. Yep. You know, would you pay for a ticket mm. for somewhere and not go and enjoy it? Yeah. So they're there not, you go. They're not marking you as a person, they're marking your driving. Driving, yeah. Yes. Okay, so here's another thing that, <laughs> that could be controversial. Um, the, diff, the massive, massive chasm in the standard of examiners where you've got some examiners that come out of the waiting room and they go, hiya, have we got a Jack? How are you doing, Jack? Oh my God, nice to meet you. And talk to everybody else and in the waiting room. Yeah. Yeah, and the then you've thing. got some other examiners that come out and go, Jack, come here. And you're straight away nerves and on edge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what can we do? Like, they should be standardized. Should be, but we can't control that. Yeah. You know, we can't control what the examiner does. We don't know what's happened on that test before your one. Yeah, it might be somebody singing all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> but it might just be their personality as well. Yeah, and the way that these students are individual, these examiners are yeah. individual. And I think yeah. we've just got to highlight the fact that some are just miserable. And what happens is that that person comes out, that said examiner, because they probably know they've got a reputation, haven't they? The examiners have a reputation. So that examiner comes out and calls their name. They immediately... <gasps> Probably not as much as I did there, but what they do is they gasp in there. So they're not breathing properly straight away. So try and, you know, if you get that examiner, he's going to come out and say this, or she's going to come out and say this, what are you going to do? Being more ready for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But still, like, if you go into a fancy gym like Virgin Active, right, I don't know, then you know that they've all had this customer service training because they all greet you with a smile and a wave. Why can't we have that for examiners? Yeah. But is it, I've, I've, I've been in a few gyms in my time previously. Yeah. Honestly, I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mine was a previous life, so that's all right. Mine, mine was to pick the students up and bring them back out again. Or to buy that chocolate. <laughs> but but they are, they're trained. But that person might be leaving tomorrow that's on that front desk. 
Yeah. They don't care. Yeah, they're still not really standardised. I mean, my thing, my thing would be to have a strategy. So if you've got, and we have worked with somebody before, haven't we, who, for her, it was male examiners that were, were a problem. And so for her, we worked out a strategy. So if it was going to be a male examiner coming out, and this would work if it was going to be the grumpy examiner or the examiner you didn't want, or just somebody who was having a bad day, is having a strategy, a plan, so that you smile at them. Like Kev says, you can't control what they do to you, but you can control you. So if your strategy is actually, I'm going to smile and I'm going to say hello, and I'm going to say, How, how's your day been? then you've got a chance of maybe shifting them around as well. Mm. So one, you've taken control, and that feels really good. You've not allowed room for those thoughts again. But also, if you smile and say, Hi, I'm Jack. How's your day been today? You've got a much better chance of the examiner cracking a smile because they can't help it if you're smiling at them. You're probably going to take them by surprise. Yeah, yeah. That's the, I mean that's what I try and encourage because a lot of people, a lot of, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a talker. I love to talk, and I'm I, at that level with most of my students. Where once a, you know, it's good to have a little bit of a chat and kind of see how they get on with distraction driving by holding a bit of a conversation. And then they get to the point where it's like, is the examiner going to do that? So you explain, okay, so they're going to have very close conversation with you. They may say, well, if you're not here on the test, what would you normally be doing? So I say to them, throw the question back at them, you know, because then you become two people in a car just going for a drive. Mm. And I actually had a student, <laughs> it's quite funny, I actually had a student who'd done it. Uh, shout out, Joel. And he... Um, he turned around to the examiner and said, oh, if you wasn't here at work, what would you be doing? And the examiner was like, oh, just, it, can we just do this Bay Park and then I'll get back to you. And then we've gone around the corner and went, oh, yeah, further more to your question. He said, oh, I'm partial to a round of golf. And so Joe was like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I love a game of golf too. What's your handicap? So I'm sitting in the back like, oh, okay. And Joe said after, ain't got the clue, ain't got a clue about golf. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to do it in order to kind of make the situation feel a little bit normal like yep. we were just going for a drive and having a bit of a chat yes. so to encourage conversation would you say that's a good way to handle nerves if somebody is used to <laughs> yeah i was going to say if they're used to if talking, they're used to talking but it can my i'm also thinking it can go two ways right, isn't yeah. it it's a gamble so if you try to open up conversation and it works then that's going to be fantastic because that's going to settle everybody down but if you get blanked <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Then that could go the other way. We know there are a few examiners that do that, just yeah. answer questions with a yes or no. Yeah. And it just makes you feel worse because you yeah. think, yeah. oh, this guy hates me. Turn the radio up. I would. I yeah. it, no, I've had that, no, I've had that on two, occasion, on two occasions. And one I was present on and the other I wasn't. Both passed, both were successful, but the one more recently, they've come back into the car park and I've, okay, she's pulled up and. He swung the door open. I thought, oh gosh, here we go. So I've gone over and he was just like, well, we've just been driving around Thornton Heath, you know, listening to Kistery. And, yeah. and when after we've gone on for the drive, she was like, yeah, she said, she said it was so silent. She went, I turned the radio up. And yeah. I was like, oh my God. But he didn't mind. He didn't mind. But then, you, as you say, you get the caliber that won't mind and then those that do. Yeah. So I think if you get blanked, then what's your strategy? Exactly. How, yes, we, exactly. Well, how are you going to plan? Well, having a plan. How are you, what do you need? It's your test. Yes. If silence is going to make you feel really nervous, then talk to yourself. It's that, or pop the radio on. What do you need? Take control. 
what I try and encourage with some of my students, if you feel this is something to continue doing, um, is making links to their learning and other things that they may have done in life on a practical nature. You know, during education, were they a performer at all? Like, yeah. have they been centre stage? Have they been, you know, the centre of attention, been observed in their job and things like that? And just trying to, what did you do in them situations to ease your mind and settle yourself? How can we transfer them into a driving test? Yeah. And then it gets them thinking, well, actually, this is what I've done. And it, it wasn't actually so bad after all. Yeah. You know, afterwards, like, oh, actually, it went well. So trying to kind of encourage them to put that, adopt that into their tests so then kind of reduces them kind of nerves because they know that actually I've done something like that before. Yeah, that's how I can transferable do it. skills, it works both ways. What you learn from you guys on your lessons, you can transfer into other life areas mm -hmm. as well. And yeah, vice versa. What you've had from your dance nice. exams, music exams, bring into your driving. Okay, this is a good last question from me because I'm shooting loads at you. But when I do standards checks, it's the worst thing in the world. The last one I did was in Morden, Morden Driving Test Centre. So maybe five minutes before my standards check, I was physically sick in the toilets at Morden Test Centre. Passed grade A, but it's just the, the build-up is the worst feeling. What can I do to help myself on driving tests? I do a lot of training with people, standards check training or part three training, that sort of stuff. So the first thing is I say to people, and perhaps we could have a conversation is, so what's making you feel so sick? Being judged and tested and the potential of failing and having to do it again. So what I would be doing then probably before that is then saying to me, right, okay, so what we need to do is have people in the car. Let's look at you being judged. Let's look at what would cause you to fail. Can't really do that five minutes before the test <laughs> because we can't really can't really do that. But what you can do is, from what you've said, is how have I been judged before? My previous standards check, I was judged. My driving test, I was judged. What happened? I passed. Yeah. And I survived. That's the thing. Mm. I survived. I've done it. I got through it, and it wasn't so bad after all. Being judged, and it's like okay, so then it's like. You know, is, is what planning have I done? What have I, what am I in control of on this? Not the student. They might do something <laughs> yeah. really stupid. But it's what, the unknown, isn't it? But, but that happens every lesson, doesn't it, as well? Every single lesson your student can do at a split second. But what can I do that I'm in control of? You have a plan. I can almost guarantee you would have planned a route, a certain route. You would have planned the topic and you have planned the goal for your student for that session. Yeah. You, you've planned all that, you've got it all there. But it's, it's being judged. Yeah, it is. It's being judged. So now you're in that five minutes before you've pulled into the test centre and your students drive in and you're sitting there and you... What have I done before in this situation, five minutes before a standards check on my driving test? What did I do? I don't know the answer to that. Only you would probably know the answer to that. What did you do on those previous standards checks and driving probably tests? Probably went to the toilet. So, yeah. <laughs> so in theory, what happened was, I vomited, I was sick. But what was the end result? Pass. Pass, yeah. yeah. So yeah, if yeah. this happens again... It's, it's normal for me. It's, it's what it's, I do as normal. Yeah. And does it matter? 
that I'm being sick in the toilet at five minutes. That's it just depends if there's a queue outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's just to illustrate the level of nerves. So when yeah. students yeah. come to me and say, I'm really nervous, I, I really feel it for them because yeah. I know how that feels because we do it too. Exactly. And we all go through this and we all mm -hmm. experience this differently. Everyone's different. They will do it, whether it's being sick five minutes before. But up to that point, everything is fine. You know, there was, I've planned it all. I know what I'm doing. I know potentially what they're going to do wrong. I know everything within that. I know even know probably what I'm going to say, you know, to start with. So what you've done is everything in your power that you can do. There's nothing else that you can do. You are going to feel nervous or is it excited? Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple of things, <laughs> isn't there? There's the, you only feel stressed, nervous, anxious about the things you care about. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't care, if then you wouldn't feel anything. It wouldn't be, it would just be like, oh, I've got to do this again, because you don't care. So one is going, okay, I feel like this because I care, it's important. But then it's, imagine you were going to meet your favourite pop star, rapper, actor, you know, somebody that you, is really famous and you really look up to. How would you be feeling then? you'd be feeling the same sorts of things. You'd be really excited, but you'd be really nervous, hoping you're not gonna say throw up, say, say something, yeah, fall over, any of those things. You're nerve-sighted. So you're a mixture of nervous and excited. You're feeling so nerve-sighted. So yeah, I'm feeling nerve-sighted. This is normal, I'm supposed to feel like this. The thing is, is if you feel it's going over the top, that's when you need to bring in those mindfulness or stretching or something else just to try and keep it at a normal level. But you want a little bit of it because you don't want to miss out on those feelings of excitement and a little bit of nerves that help you perform, that help you focus and do what you need to do and remember it. So actually when people are saying, oh, my driving test is coming up and I'm a bit nervous, don't combat it. Don't do anything about it, embrace it, because it's a big thing that's coming up. Mm. And the nerves probably keep you sharp as well. Yeah, they do, yeah, they hit that adrenaline rush, don't they? You know, nerves are normal, and that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with them for feeling nervous. It's just knowing how to... But how find to, out what's, cause, what's causing them to say, yeah. I feel nervous. It's just always that fear yeah. of failure, I think, isn't it? But is there anything they don't understand? because that can be a cause of nerves. So is there anything that's still puzzling you? Is there anything you don't understand? And if so, you've got time to deal with that. So that's out of the way. Is it fear of the unknown? Okay, well, what bits, what can we do so that you know as much about the test centre and things as possible? Mock tests, driving in silence. If that's something that's really worrying somebody, then desensitise them to driving in silence so that that can be a tactic, that can be a strategy, not just trying to try and all the other things that we've mentioned. And then, yeah, of course you can be a bit nervous. But, so, yeah, but try and reframe it to being excited. You know, this is, you want to do your driving test because of then you can drive. So it is a mixture of being nervous and excited. It's not just, because if you keep saying, I'm nervous, I'm anxious, I'm nervous and anxious, you're gonna keep feeling more nervous, more anxious. You go around Re in a bigger circle, yeah. the wheel gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So do embrace it, Do it is normal, but also remember this is exciting as well and they feel mm. the same. Try and increase that level of excitement and reduce the nerves by asking questions as well, like, 
your first solo drive. Where's the first place you want to drive to yeah. independently? You know, you get so such a range of answers. I've Rebelled. had I, I've had IKEA quite a few yeah. times recently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one's just for the meatballs, but one is actually to buy a flat pack because they've never been able to get flat pack furniture home before, yeah. you know? A lot of the time you get seaside resorts mm. and things like that, or theme parks. Drive through is the one, Costco is yeah. Costco more recently, or I want to be just be able to help my mum or my nan yeah. and, and things like that. And so that turns it into actually this is what I want to do and I'm going to get myself yeah. there. That could be done as well. I'm going to bring back to earlier. Mm -hmm. First lesson. Yes, yeah. yeah. You know, get that motivation. Them, yeah. What does passing your driving test give you? Your why. What yeah. is why your why? Because you yeah. then when they get nervous for that test, you can bring it back. back. Yeah. They've already told you. Yeah. Yeah. And that question is great because if close to the test you're saying, right, you know, you're reminding them, what, what's your first drive going to be? And they're going to go, I don't think I'm going to be able to drive on my own. Then actually, you know, you need to unravel a few things. Okay, why is that? What is it that we're not doing in lessons that means you don't feel you're able mm -hmm. to transfer your what you've learned in lessons into driving on your own? There's a gap. There's something missing. So that question gives you a great opportunity to make sure that they are thinking about driving on their own and that they don't then become customers of ours who come to us and say i passed my test five years ago and i've never driven this and that's be, what you're trying to avoid yeah. this might be a good opportunity then to bring in before we wrap up the journal why how is, <laughs> we're gonna go a little how bit is, like yeah. that how is journaling gonna help you throughout your driving journey to be able to reflect and give you that confidence that you have done everything. Well, I think that's the two words you yeah. mentioned there, reflection and confidence. Yeah. Our journal is a 12 week course almost in itself. And you can track your progress and you can track through the tasks that yeah, we give people. Yeah, there's prompts, there's yeah. questions, there's exercises. So it's getting you to think and then writing it down and writing things down or speaking them out loud is really important because you need to get it out of your head if things are going round and round in your head it's really hard to process it's really hard to move forward you tend to get a bit stuck in your head talking to people writing things down will help you look back on it with a little bit of distance and go oh Okay. I do know that. And I get it helps it. you process. It helps you move forward. Well, where can I buy it? Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> Good old Amazon. Awesome. That was fun. And we've got so much information yeah. that we can take back and help people with. Well, before we wrap up, we need to ask you a little bit about Drive School TV and what you do. So... What do we do? Drive School TV. We're just a couple of videos on YouTube, you know? <laughs> We have a big social media presence. We have a YouTube channel which has long form, so 10 to 30 minute videos educating you on how to drive and how to do certain things in driving or coming up to your driving test. We also have a lot of fun. We have Yeah, we don't so educate much fun. in a boring way. We yeah. educate in a fun, gripping way. And it's not just pushing information at you in education. We um, have made loads of fun content yeah. too. Challenges. We're relatable as well. We're yeah. relatable. You know, we do driving challenges, we do silly things, but also there's a message and you can learn stuff from from our videos. Nice. We've also got a big TikTok page, uh, which is more about small snippets of information, but mainly about fun. And Instagram is, is where we conglomerate or combine everything together. 
and it's the page where we socialize with people mm. that follow us. So send DMs, comment on the videos or the posts that we make and that's more of the community hub. Mm. So if you want to come and hang out with us, come and hang out with us on Instagram. If you want some fun, go and follow us yeah. on TikTok. And if you want to learn some stuff and have fun with it, follow us on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. Learning to drive should be fun. You know, it's a, it's a life skill. It's, it's part of somebody's journey mm. yeah. through life. You know, it's a skill they're going to have for the rest of their life. It's so important. But it's so important to have fun with it as well. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? I, I mean, I relate that back to when I was at school and how boring school was. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, how can I make my lessons a little bit more interesting mm -hmm. for, for me to find them interesting, for students to find interesting? And like you say, have some fun. Have yeah. some fun. So I've watched some of them already. Yeah. Only some. We do. We have got a lot of videos, yeah. And I think the thing there to say yeah. is while you've set it up mainly for learner drivers, what we would say is even if you've already passed your test, then going and having a look, what still puzzles you? What bits of driving are making you anxious? What are the bits of knowledge that are missing? And then go and have a look yeah, that and is... use those YouTube videos as a as a way of research and a way of finding out and maybe fill in some of those gaps. A lot of people who follow us have already passed their test. And when people have yeah. passed their test, they carry on following because not only do you learn some stuff and you might learn some stuff that you missed on your lessons, mm. but we have a lot of fun so yeah. you get a load of entertainment value from it too yeah. so and yeah. that's just what gives us the community feel as well yeah. it? driving school tv we're not just normal driving instructors yeah with a youtube channel and that we're a community yeah. that we want to look is... after our community and give them some real great resources that they yeah. can use we've even got journey. a secret telegram group where we help <laughs> a small group of our core followers who've been around for a long time and just give out help and advice and yeah, we're just on hand, to, on hand like to chat that. so if you want to be in the secret telegram group send us a dm and tell us why <laughs> yeah. why we can help you because yeah. we don't want to blow it up and make it huge like no. we've got a hundred thousand yeah. followers on tiktok yeah. we can't help everyone we miss no. all the messages mm. yeah. some people don't want to put a comment under a picture or a reel that they've watched some yeah. people don't you know for what if my friend sees that or what if yeah. somebody mm. sees that so to yeah. have that kind of more direct one-to-one -one communication with people mm -hmm. where they feel it's a safe environment environment where they can share as well it's super important yeah that's fantastic and we'll make sure we share all of the links so that everybody can find all your resources thanks tracy yeah. thanks kev we always finish with one question yes you you can take it in turns to answer but we like to ask everybody <laughs> when you were learning to drive asked your mind back so when you were learning what did you find the most difficult thing oh that's a good question so I find the most difficult thing? The quietest this room's ever been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go on, you can, you can okay. go first. You can go when first. I learned to drive, I learned with my friend who was a PDI training to be an instructor with BSN. So I had no problem with nerves or because I was learning to drive with my friend and I helped her out because she needed some students and I needed to learn to drive. So I think that the nerves and anxiety never got me. But what I did always struggle with was the routines because I wanted to just go for it at 100 miles an hour and then, oh yeah, I forgot to do mirror signal. Oh, but I'm at the junction. It's clear, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, my instructor, we used to pig he used to piggyback a lot. Um, there was oh, a girl yeah. that I was at sixth form with. Luckily, she was a friend. Um, but we used to obviously be able to support each other, help each other when things weren't going quite right and talk about it outside of lessons and things like that. So I think, for me, I think I found it more difficult when I was 
then I didn't have anybody to show my skills to when it was just mm. was just him and I. So once again, it goes back to that whole having somebody in the back yeah. in order to help encourage and mm. yeah. make you feel more com uh, comfortable and confident. So nice. Fantastic. Thank Lovely. You. Thank you. Yeah. What about you when you were learning to drive? <laughs> I didn't find anything difficult. <laughs> <laughs> roundabouts for me because yeah, my first instructor didn't teach me roundabouts properly so he didn't explain when to go it didn't explain the gaps okay. didn't explain how to work that out it was a just case just a case of if there's someone coming don't go and if there isn't you know but he didn't explain so it you've was, had our youtube channel to yeah. yes. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen it since <laughs> but no my second instructor just got out a pen and a paper and said this is how roundabouts work well, you know and explained if this is happening then do this and if this is happening then do this and i went okay i've got it, got it. Yeah. yeah brilliant yeah. Thanks, guys. No yep. Thank, Thank you very much. much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Find out about the different ways that you can work with us on our website, www.confidentdrivers.co.uk, and begin to transform the way you feel about driving.